So Lisa and myself and Werner were up in um, Edinburgh from, well we went up on Thursday because it's a little bit far to drive in one morning, but we went up on Thursday and spent Friday and Saturday with uh, partnering churches and team around, uh, from around the country, mostly the Scottish but uh, quite a few English, so, and that was a really good time just to be encouraged by that, uh, and also just building and strengthening the relationships between the churches that we partner with around the nation, and so um, as we go forward we are hopefully going to see more of those connections outworked as well. So just um, an update on that. And then um, nothing to do with me at all, but my children think it's funny that uh, today I've become a great uncle. So they always, they met one of their, well, I think it's their only great uncle uh, a while ago. And um, he looks a little bit more like Father Christmas or a gnome than I do with a beard. So um, I'm getting there. But uh, yeah, for those who've been praying for my niece, thank you so much for that. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look straight at this morning's word. Father, we thank you that we've already encountered you this morning during worship. And I ask that as we look at your word, that with hearts that are open, that you would challenge our thinking, but also encourage, build up, strengthen, and help us to step into the the greater things that you have for us. Uh, I pray that as I share this, Lord, that um, you would move in our lives to bring freedom, to bring growth, to bring life, and to bring fruitfulness. In your name. Amen. So today is the final week in our series looking at developing culture. And I said we'd get there one day, and we have. Um, But not last week, but the week before, we looked at developing a a culture of self-leadership, of taking the things of God, applying them to our lives, and living with purpose on those things. And you remember what we've said the whole way through, that what we believe shapes our values, and our values form our culture, and our culture is how we live uh, in, in those things of the truth of God's Word. So our culture should be governed and have its origins in the truth of the word of God. I get that we have other cultures and ethnic cultures and all those kind of things, but actually how we live, our default life and our default living should come from the truth of the word of God that is far greater and of far greater importance and value than anything else. And as we've looked through those things, uh, uh, um, it's not just to look through them and think, well, those are great, we'll do that. And, and it's also not to think that that's where we've arrived because we haven't. That's kind of a picture of, of something of where we headed and what we feel God's calling us to build and to be and to become. That's why it needs to be grounded in the Word of God so that we build according to His pattern and purpose. But, um, and all of us are on the journey to do that. And when we looked at self-leadership, that's kind of like our individual response to Him. But we don't, although it's an individual response, we're not isolated in that God puts us together. So we respond to Him personally, but together. But uh, that's not where it ends. And, and you remember where we've looked at in the past, um, before this, we looked at the different pictures of the church. Where, and one of those is the church is a body with Jesus as the head and we as every part, part of the body, every member with something to give and a part to play, and, uh, a, a, which is valid and necessary for the glory of the one who is on her, which is Jesus. And so as we move from that this week, I want to look now at moving from individual self-leadership to church leadership. You might think, well, how does that fit in? Well, it kind of fits in because we don't stop where we are and think, well, okay, all these things we've looked at, 
Now we can do this, and now, and now that's it. I pass this one, and we go on to the next thing. But it's building on that. We add another dimension. We add another layer or uh, another aspect to what God speaks over us, to what God's called us to. And it means that we also need to look at what it means to, to lead, what church leadership is, but also how we respond to that, because Scripture's clear on those things. And you remember the things that are really, really super important that we build our lives around loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others and making disciples of nations. So the great command is to love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love you, as Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus commissioned to us, which is go and make disciples of all nations. So those things of loving God and loving people and making disciples and impacting nations, that, that's what we've been called to do. That's why we are here. And in order to do those, in order to fulfill the command and the commission from God, we see in Scripture that God seems to, or He does, in the community of His believers, always have leaders. If you look all the way from the beginning, all the way to the end, leadership is biblical. Way back in uh, Numbers chapter 27, verse 17, which is way back in the Old Testament, when Moses, who's just led the people out of Israel and through the desert and everything else, and he's, and he's at the end of his days, he prays and asks God this. He prays to God and asks him to appoint a man who will lead them out and bring them in so that the Lord's people would not be like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus also speaks about us being like sheep and shepherds. And he is the great shepherd, and he has under shepherds, which are church in, in leadership in the church. Earlier on in Moses, the account of Moses, when his father-in-law Jethro comes to visit him, what he sees is that Moses is not only leading all the people and doing what God called him to do, but all the issues and all the different things that they're facing, they come to Moses. And, and his father-in-law says to him, Moses, what you're doing is, is crazy. It's going to kill you, and it's going to kill them. Because it's too much of a load for one person to carry. And so through the um, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, although he wasn't actually a a Hebrew, um, an Israelite, God spoke to Moses through him. And he he gives them this plan. He says, select men from the community who are wise and and, um, respected and, and then make them captains over hundreds, thousands, fifties, tens, and let people come to them and some things that they can sort out and then the difficult things they bring to you and but you oversee the whole thing. And so that, that's a picture and we see that picture reiterated again in the New Testament but also later on through the Old Testament of the fact that leadership isn't individual but it is team. That the, car- the, the team is the, the weight of responsibility and the weight of leadership and before God is carried by team. And in Acts chapter 6, we see where the church there, there was, there was uh, right at the beginning of the early church, there, there was disputes that were happening and there was a, a conflict between the, the Grecian and the Hebraic uh, widows and, um, and about distribution of food and all sorts of things. So there was, there was a conflict because of culture, there was a conflict because of uh, um, uh, provision and all sorts of things. And, and what they did is they entrusted it to, to, other, to others who were, were full of the spirit and wisdom that they would help to administrate those things. And when we look through Scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, it speaks of leaders in the church and also our response to leadership in the church. 
1 Timothy chapter 5, and uh, if you just read the whole of 1 Timothy, really speaks about leadership and the role of leadership, but also the things that disqualify us from leadership and, and what that should look like. And in and, and chapter 5, verse 17, it speaks about elders who direct the, fair, the affairs of the church, and which are quite broad. And then it goes on uh, also to speak about those whose role is teaching and preaching. And, and so there are different things that speak about that. And so I'm not going to speak about all the intricacies of what church leadership is, but it's key to understand that it is biblical to have leaders. And Hebrews chapter 13 speaks about uh, our response to leaders, which sometimes requires us to change our thinking of how we viewed it in the past or how we maybe currently view it. And because of the world around us, there's so many different aspects that that puts into our thinking and our lives. But when we look at leadership in Scripture, we see that there are elders and there are deacons. Those are the two words that Scripture uses for those who lead in the local church. And that's not, biblical leadership is not to control, it's not to force, it's not to demand, it's not to have everybody do everything for them, but it's to teach to teach doctrine, to teach the truth, to inspire, to encourage, to equip and, and release those that God sends us. That's part of discipleship is to equip and train so that every single part of the body is doing what God has called them to do. It's to give direction. That this is where we're going. This is what God's called us to. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to fulfill it. And what's your role to play? And how do we do that? And, and, and that's what the, the fun, part of the function of leadership. It's also to give perspective and wisdom to us and and jesus speaks about the fact that he's the good shepherd and we are under shepherds and 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 a shepherd what is a shepherd's role it's to lead the sheep to feed them to care for them to look after them to make sure they're healthy to to bring them back when they wander off to make sure they actually grow in uh, uh, to the best they can and what we see is ultimately god is the head of the church not man not me nor anybody else god is the head of the church and, that, and as the one who is the head of the church, he anoints and calls and appoints leaders of his church, which is based on the foundation of Jesus, to help bring life and freedom and growth in the church and so that we can fulfill everything that he's called us to. 1 Peter 5 speaks about leadership as shepherds who care for and oversee and that covers a huge amount of stuff. And like I said, 1 Timothy 5 speaks about leaders who, who preach and teach. So why am I wanting to look at this at the end of this series? Because if we to build a culture that is based on biblical truth, we need to go in that direction. And our role as, as elders and as leaders is to bring all of you with us on that journey. To, so, so that we can say, this is where we're going. This is what God's called us to. Let's bring that through. Let's go and do those things. And part of that role is also to bring correction where there needs to be correction. Don't worry, I'm not going to bring any correction today. Bring correction where there needs to be correction. Point things out where things need to be pointed out. So that we can all be and live the best life that God has called and created us to live in him according to the word of God. Being fruitful. In every single area that brings him glory and honor so that more and more people hear the gospel, turn from their their hopeless, helpless way of not knowing their left hand from their right to a life following Jesus with a hope and a future found in him, which requires us to not only reach those here, 
but beyond Crawley, beyond the UK, beyond Europe, to the ends of the earth. And God uses leaders to help us get there. It's also to hopefully help avoid some misunderstandings of what leadership is, but, but for us to make the most of what God has called us to. We see that the scriptures clearly show that there is leadership and the leaders have a responsibility before God and accountable for God for those things. But you see, when we say the word leadership or leader, everything that the world throws on us actually fashions and forms some of how we think. That's why I said we need to sometimes change how we think because we need to take that and say, what does Scripture say? Because when you look around us, we've, there, there, there's so many different types of leaders, and, and that's not new. From the, if, if you read through history and you read through the Bible, you've got good leaders, you've got bad leaders. Even some of the best leaders in Scripture made the most horrendous decisions. And we've got leaders today who are voted in. We've got leaders today who, are, uh, who, who make themselves and impose themselves on by force. We've got leaders who are appointed. We've got leaders who are self-appointed. We've got all these different things. And even those that we appoint and we vote in by nature because of sinful man, we seem to tend to rebel against leadership. Even those that we say, well, you lead, and then that's fine if leaders do stuff that you like. But when they don't, what's the first thing you hear? Complaints and attack and everything, which isn't godly. But you see how the world thinks and how the world sees sometimes fashions and forms us. I was having a conversation the other week with someone who's not from this country, completely different culture. He was explaining the challenges of their culture which is a very opinionated culture. And uh, don't try and guess the culture because it's not the one you're thinking of. Um, and he said their challenge in leadership is, 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 in, is endemic for the whole culture and that they have opinions, which I don't think it's bad to have an opinion. Sometimes our opinion needs to be kept to ourselves, but as long as our opinion lands with Scripture, it's good. But they have such uh, uh, an, uh, this culture of opinion that they... The opinion about everything. The example he said he used to show me what he was meaning was, if you have something wrong with your arm and you go, they would go to the doctor and the doctor would tell them what's wrong and they'd say, well, that's your opinion. And they'd, they'd go and research something and get some other opinion and then they would form their own. And he's saying that's seriously there. And so that, that, then, that entitled opinion culture then transforms into the life of the church. He said it's so hard to lead in that context because everything you say, they say, well, that's just your opinion. And, and I don't think our society is that much better. Because, and they might change the word from opinion to truth. That's your truth and that's my truth. And, and we had to say this is the truth. And we come into that. And so why I mention those things is because there's so much stuff around leadership that taints and distorts our view that we've got to look and see what is biblical leadership and how do we respond to that. And God puts it there so that we are called to a higher walk in him. Not to serve those that are there. And it's not to excuse those things, but it's to say, God, what, is, what, is you, what are you calling us to? So then when we look at lead biblical leadership, biblical leadership is here to hopefully teach, to encourage, but to release and equip people to do everything that God's called us to do. And so our role is that we do that through 
exactly what I'm doing now. But also that's why it's so important for us to be in home groups where we can wrestle with the word. And, and the leaders of the home groups have been entrusted with that responsibility of spiritual leadership so that they, they, can, they can study and prepare, but also help everybody that they have kept um, responsibility for to come to that place of growth and life and being equipped and released to do what God has called them to do so that every single believer, including every single leader, is released and equipped to do what God's called us to do. So we do that in preaching on Sundays, we're doing it in home groups, we do training courses, which we haven't done for a while, but we will do, uh, and all those things, and it's called discipleship. In growing in our knowledge and understanding of God, growing in our relationship with God, and, and growing in everything that He has for us, so that we can take the Word, apply the Word, and be transformed. And so that we can discover who we are and what God says and how He's created us, and actually make our contribution into the life of the church and the world beyond, so that we are fruitful in that and reaching others. See, everything we teach, everything we look at, is with the purpose of not giving you knowledge, but that we take it and wrestle with it and apply it so that we are transformed. And like I said, even us who preach have to do the same thing with what we preach. But a leader's role and the role of leadership in the church is to equip and release those that God has entrusted to us to live in the fullness of that. The other part is uh, biblical leadership is, like I said earlier, is, is shepherding, is caring for. Is making sure people are, are, are well. And that, that includes praying for you. So we pray for you. The leaders pray for you. But equally, if, you, if you're not in some opposite leadership, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't pray for each other. We need to. Scripture says. So part of that shepherding is praying for, is caring for, is, is seeing. And so I do see who's here and who's not here. It's not from a point of view, well, at least it doesn't sit in the front row with a book. That I say, well, this one wasn't there, this is the X, and is that one. It's, it's, we look, we see for concern and for love that you would grow and that you are okay and, and, and so that we can care for. And that's the role of a shepherd. And part of that role of care is also that of direction and giving perspective. It's, and so you don't come to leaders to ask for permission to do something, but, uh, but it's giving a perspective on something. So if I, I, my understanding is this, and we see patterns of this in Scripture, where there's, where there's a sense of actually there's the things that you're facing that you need to first and foremost and always take to God and say, God, what is the wise decision that you would have me make in this situation? God, what are you saying? And then as you do that and hear of what God is saying, God puts us in community with leaders that he's entrusted to us that we then say, please can you pray with me? Please can you give me some wisdom and show me the bland spots that I'm not seeing or ask the questions I don't really want to be asked in the context of this decision because I know sometimes I make the wrong decision. And so you're not asking the leaders for permission to make the decision. You're not asking the leaders to make the decision for you. What you're saying is, God, you've given us shepherds to keep us healthy and help us live our lives. So I'm going to ask for a perspective and I'm going to open my life up to say, actually, ask me the questions I don't want to be asked. Is this a wise decision? Have you thought of this? What, what does Scripture say? This is what the Word says. But first go to God, because you don't go to leaders to hear God on your behalf. Leadership is there to help you make decisions and bring confirmation about what you're already hearing. And if there's a conflict in that, 
then both need to go away and pray about it again to hear God. But it's coming with a perspective on those things and I think major life decisions. Don't come and ask me if I think it's good that you have porridge for breakfast. That's not, I don't care. But if you, and I, and I know some people have done this and, it's, and that's what I want to encourage is that works offered me this and I'm looking at that we possibly have to do what, what all these decisions about life what do I do we're praying about this please pray for us please and, and that I so appreciate that because they're not coming and saying James this is all the deci- please make a decision for me I'll never do that but they equally don't just say this and this and this and happens we're out of here but I see you that's like hang on if there's an understanding of a role of a leader and a shepherd, there should be a communication that there's a working through so that not only does the church flourish, but you flourish in the church. And if God is moving somewhere else, then we work that through so that there's the fullness of life in those places. Make sense? Yeah. But that's the role of leaders. So it's not, it's not if you come, it's not me saying, no, you can't go. You have to stay. And it's not, well, I don't care, just do what you want. But it's also, we've already decided, here we go. It's what is, the, what is wisdom? What is biblical truth? What does the word say about this? How does it impact my life and what God's called me to? And we need each other for that because we sometimes don't... We were driving to Scotland and back and, and the car that we were in has got this fancy mirror system where if a car comes up in the blind spot, there's a light that flashes on the wing mirror. Super helpful. My car's better. It's, it's got an extra mirror that is for the blind spot, so there's no blind spot. <laughs> anyway, but that's what leadership is. Like, actually, when we're making a decision, they're the ones who through, uh, should be, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, saying, here's the, la- the, the light. Yeah. Here's the blind spot. There's a blind spot. Have you seen the blind spot? Have you, see, have you seen what's coming up? But if we ignore the role of leaders in our lives, it's like not looking at that mirror. It's like turning the function off. And then we run the risk of having an accident. God puts leaders in our lives for that. Hopefully that makes sense. But, and, and, that's, and even like Moses was leading and, and his father-in-law came and, and God used his father-in-law to show him the blind spot. He was, everything he was doing was out of his love for God, the incredible sense of responsibility for this entire nation which I'm so glad I lead a church and not a nation. This entire nation, he was car- and he knew the responsibility before God, that he was answerable before God. So he was doing the best he could do, and God used his father in law to come and say, there's a blind spot, you haven't thought of this. This is a, good, a better way. And so then the, the community flourished, because they had a team of people that then we see is echoed throughout history. And, and in that way, leadership in some ways is a safety net of wisdom and help that points us to him. The other function of church leadership is, and biblical church leadership is, is to give directions. Like this is the way we're going and we're out in front. Come and follow us. Come with us. Come and do what God's called us to do. It's not sitting here and saying, well, that's the way to go. Go. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you what. It's, that's the way we're going. Come with us. We're going there. And that's what biblical leadership is. That's why I think Jesus uses the analogy of a shepherd, and it's the shepherd in that context and that culture where the shepherd walked out in front and spoke to the sheep, and the sheep knew his voice and therefore followed the one that they knew was going to lead them into 
safe pasture, where food is and helpful and all of those things. Not like the Aussie ones who kind of go on quad bikes and I've even seen them herd sheep and stuff in Australia from helicopters. I mean, it's like, that's ridiculous. But sometimes worldly leadership, that's what it's like. I'm going to sit in my helicopter and chase you with a blade and you just go and do what you want to do. And that's not, that's not biblical at all. It's this is where we're going. This is the direction that God's called us to come with us. And so it's not forced. It's not coerced. It's not you have to do this. It's this is where God's going. This is where we're going. This is what he's called us to. If, if God's put you with us, it's so that we can all go and do these things together. And that's not stepping stones into something greater, but it's walking together into the fullness of what God has for us. And so it gives direction. And how do we do that? We see that by gathering together, hearing what God's doing. That's why we give feedback of stuff. And that's why we're saying this is what's happening. This is where we're going. So we've looked at all of these things so that we can push through. And, and that comes through meeting together on Sundays, meeting in prayer meetings. And for what we can see and coming, coming through what's going on, trips to other places. Not just me and Lisa going to visit John and Saulo or where all the other churches are, but actually us going to encourage other churches. Churches that we partner with, that we work with, that we have a relationship with. Those of you who've been around for a few years, Phil and Sam Quinn, who, who came and spent a few weeks with us, and then they've gone to, to plant a church and start a church in Hampstead Heath in London. That's a, a church community we can go and encourage together. Because they meet in an afternoon. So you can come here on a Sunday morning, hop on a train and go up and go and be with them on a Sunday evening to encourage, to strengthen them. But can I, it's a direct train, but what can, I, can I ask you to do this? If that's stirring in your heart, don't go alone. Get others in the church and say, come, we're going to go and do this. Come with us. Let's go and encourage them. Let's go and, let's go and build them up. Let's pray this week and tr- trust God for a word so that when we go to them on a Sunday evening, it's not just to have a jolly in London, it's to go and encourage them with something that God's given us because that's where he's taking us. And we do it together. So not alone, but together. This is where we're going. See, that, that's part of this is the direction we're going in. So the reason we went up to Scotland wasn't just to... Well, there was the part I had to move my daughter's stuff into a flat, but that kind of just coincided. Well, we made it coincide. The reason we went to Edinburgh wasn't to drive all the way from Crawley to Edinburgh and back because we had nothing better to do. Just because the church leaders were gathering together and the team that we were part of was gathering there so that we could encourage and strengthen and build one another up. So that they then go back into their churches and continue to do what God's calling them to do. The guys there who are looking at planting churches, the other guys who've started just, this is now their second week of a, a church plant in Dundee. And, and last week they had their very first meeting, which was his family and one visitor with another group from the church, other church in Dundee that came. And that visitor is coming back this week, so should be there today, with friends and family because she came in, they'd met her, it's a relationship they'd built, she came in and said, this is like nothing I've ever experienced before. And they were like, well, uh, if it's too out there, there are other churches. No, I'm coming back, and I'm bringing my family. So you see, that's why we go, to encourage and strengthen. That's why God's put us here, to reach the lost, to make disciples, to grow, but also to encourage and build up beyond. 
And God uses leadership to help saying, this is where we're going. Come with us in that. It's not, it's not to come, come and do what, everything for me and serve me and do it my way. It's like, this is what God's called us to. This is where we're going. Come with us. And our commitment to that is through covenant relationship. Our commitment to coming on Sundays and, build, and, and home groups and involved is, our, is the overflow of a covenant relationship with each other in God. It's for Him. It's to do what He's called us to do. And to go where He's leading us to go. But we do it together on mission for Him. That's why on the back wall there, you've probably seen it and seen it again and now you no longer see it. But every time, I put it on the back wall there, so that every time we walk out, hopefully we, that catches our eye that we are on mission together for the King. And that's why we've got John and Saulo there. And as we build up different connections and, and people who go from this church to plant churches, that wall should hopefully fill up. Why? Because we're on mission for the King, to reach Crawley and beyond for the gospel. And that's what leadership said. This is where we are. This is where we're going. This is who God is. Come, let's go. And our role is to equip, to build up, to encourage, so that we can do that. So that we know him and make him known. So we go make disciples, that we um, devote our lives to him, surrender, like we sang and, uh, during worship this morning, of, uh, and declared surrendered everything to him, devoted to him. That our heart is passionate for people that are not ourselves, but passionate for others. And go and reach and equip and, uh, and reach nations. So that we see the lost get saved. Those who don't know Jesus come into a relationship with Jesus. So those who, who, who don't know their future, don't, don't have a hope for what's beyond this life and, and don't, sometimes don't even know what the purpose of being here is. That they discover who God is because God works through us to do that. And then those who get saved that, and come into community are discipled and strengthened and equipped and like we've looked at all these different things, we do these things to equip, to disciple, so that each one of us can grow in those things so that you can do those. But we can't force you, and we won't force you, but we'll always make it available so that you can. But our growth depends on how we respond to him, the truth of his word, and to those who he puts in leadership in the life of the church. Building our lives to, to, to live the best life we can for him and in him to minister to reach the lost. So that every single part, every single member of his body is living and doing what he's called and created them to do. In the fullness of that which brings fruitfulness and transforms not only your life but those around you, the, those who don't know him and those do. our desire is to see God move through us as a community in such a way that this place is overflowing. Not because we want numbers, but yes, we do want numbers because every person who gets saved is one less than that's going to hell. And that should stir our hearts. That should drive us to our knees and make us pursue God. Yes, Jesus is the one who saves them, but our heart is that so that the, the more that are in community of, of believers, the more we can affect others. Yes. The more that they can affect others. The more nations can be affected. The more people groups, the more towns, cities, places. <coughs> Why? Because it's through the church that God moves. And who's the church? We're the church. He's the head. He gives us leadership to help us 
not be distracted by all the stuff. But this is what the word says. This is what how we to go. This is what God builds us up, and which means we gather together. We build relationship around covenant and to Him, and it's outworked through us because God's called us. So I'm going to end, and we're just going to pray. Bound to end with these questions. That I think each one of us should be asking God. God, what do you want me to do? What do I need to change? Who do I need to invest my time and my life in? In other words, who do you want me to encourage, strengthen, disciple, speak the truth, pray for, all those things? What do you want from me? When, uh, with whom do you want me to invest? And what's my part to play? Because if God's called you here, there's a purpose. God hasn't brought you to be part of Christ Church to drink the coffee and sit in a seat. He's called you so that you are knit together with one another to grow in Him, to be fruitful. Grow in your understanding and knowledge of him, but also impact those around us. And these things are of eternal value and eternal consequence. And when we recognize that and build according to all those things that we've been looking at, then we make the adjustments that actually we prioritize this, we prioritize that, so that we can do what God calls us to. And we live in the fullness of that and allow him, through his spirit, to empower us, to stretch us, to build us so that we can fully do what he's called us to. Let's pray. God, I thank you that as your children you don't leave us just to figure out the way on our own, but you give us your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit that you lead us, you guide us, you reveal the truth to us, you you open the word, but and far more than any human can do, but God, you also put us together in community and you give us leaders to help us accomplish everything that you've called us to. Lord, I pray that we as leaders would lead in a biblical, godly way, even in our frailness and humanity, but Lord, that we would do that honoring you with the incredible sense of responsibility before you. But Lord, that each one of us would respond in a way that is you require us to respond so that together we will accomplish everything for which you have called us and purposed for us to do. That each one would flourish in their gifting, in their ability, in their passion for you and the kingdom expressed through them and, what, and, and how you've called them to. Lord, that there would be a release of gifts, there would be an increase in, uh, uh, in understanding and growth and there'd be an increase in impact beyond the borders of this building to this town, this nation and beyond. Stir our hearts, God, that we would make adjustments where necessary in order to pursue what you've called us to. Thank you that you do that with us as a community, with you as the head, each one playing their part to fulfill all that you've called us to, loving you, loving people, making disciples, impacting nations. God, come and have your way. Thank you that you're moving us on 
Lord, we recognize that and we respond to you with faith, with passion, with conviction, together. In Jesus' name, amen.